Israel announces a ceasefire with Hamas. Anti-Semitic attacks break out in major American cities. And CNN's Chris Cuomo is exposed for helping his brother while covering him for the most trusted name in news. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, just be clear about this. There are only a couple of things that are sure things in life, death, taxes, and that you're paying too much for your cell phone bill if you are using one of the traditional cell phone coverage providers. Instead, you need to switch over to Pure Talk USA. In fact, Pure Talk will save the average family of four over $800 a year. Here's the best part. You don't have to sacrifice coverage because it's on the exact same network as one of the big providers. Switching is super simple. You can keep your phone, you can keep your number, or you can get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And I know what you're thinking. Well, what if I use more than six gigs of data? Good news for you. If you go over on the data, they are not going to charge you for it over at Pure Talk USA. It's just one of the many reasons they've been named the top wireless provider by Consumer Affairs. So how do you get started? Dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say Ben Shapiro. You will save 50% off your very first month. Again, dial pound 250. Say my name, Ben Shapiro. You save 50% off your very first month and hundreds of bucks down the road. There is no reason to pay too much for that cell phone bill. The cell phone providers that kind of fib to you about what it is that you need, what you need is what Pure Talk USA is going to give you. Dial pound 250. Say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. Alrighty. So big news over the course of the last 24 hours, Israel voted in its security cabinet that they were going to announce a ceasefire, and Hamas then quickly agreed to a ceasefire. Because Israel stopped short of completely destroying Hamas, this meant that Palestinians were out in the streets firing fireworks and declaring victory. Weird thing to declare victory when your infrastructure has been crumbled, many of your leadership have been killed, and it's also very weird to declare victory when your entire basis for victory was supposedly that you stood up to this massive Israeli barrage, but you actually didn't. Right, that, that's, that's the part that's kind of weird. So you complain the entire time about how mean Israel is, and then Israel eviscerates a lot of your infrastructure, and then you declare victory. The real answer is that the Palestinians under Hamas declared victory because they got what they wanted from the world media. And what they got from the world media was this vast turn against Israel. And it's an amazing thing because the media just decided to conflate Hamas and Palestinians as though they are the same thing, as though Hamas, which is the, the governing terrorist group in the Gaza Strip and has been since 2006, has a coincident interest with the Palestinians who live under its misrule, who live under the, the boot heel of this terrorist regime. According to the Washington Post, a ceasefire aimed at ending 11 days of withering combat between Israel and Hamas militants took effect early on Friday hours after Israel's security cabinet voted to approve an Egyptian initiative to stop the fighting. The cabinet, made up of top security off officials and ministers, voted unanimously to accept what Israel described as a bilateral and unconditional ceasefire. Facing mounting international pressure, including from President Biden in recent days, the Israeli government said it decided to bring the air and artillery campaign to a halt after significantly degrading Hamas's military infrastructure and killing many of its commanders. Hamas said that it had also agreed with the Egyptian proposal. Tahir al-Munu, a media advisor, said the Palestinian resistance will abide by this agreement as long as the occupation is committed. Israel pounded Gaza with airstrikes and artillery fire, causing extensive destruction, killing 232 Palestinians, including at least 65 children. Now, it should be noted that whenever there are these death counts, they typically come from the Hamas information ministry. And very often those numbers are wrong. And it turns out later that it, it becomes clear how wrong they were. But any child who died as a result of this in the Gaza Strip is a direct result of Hamas, which plants weapons and terrorists behind children. We've played tape on this show 
of people in Gaza explicitly saying to Israeli forces who are warning them to get out of buildings, we want to leave our kids here. So if you hit the building, then you get blamed internationally. Hamas's ferocious rocketing left 12 dead in Israel. Two of them children sent residents in much of the country repeatedly fleeing for shelter. As the hour struck, Gaza residents cheered from their terraces. Celebratory gunfire sounded over the mostly dark neighborhoods. A few horns that sounded from cars braving streets pocket, pocked with shell craters. And praise for God rang out from mosques around Gaza City. It's, it's unbelievable. You fire hundreds of rockets at civilian areas. And then you just have your infrastructure bombed into next week. And your reaction to a ceasefire is, we won? Now, there was no such reaction in Israel. The reason there was no such reaction in Israel is because Israel doesn't want the conflict. And this is one of the things that I was noting a few days ago about videos of, of rockets being fired from Gaza. What you saw is people in the streets actively celebrating when rockets were fired into Gaza. You didn't see any of that in Israel. You didn't see anybody in, in Israeli society cheering as the F-22s took off on their bombing runs. But you did see that in the Gaza Strip. There's a vast moral imbalance between Israel and its enemies in this particular war. For his part, Joe Biden praised Benjamin Netanyahu for abiding by the ceasefire and agreeing to the ceasefire. Here was President Biden. In my conversation with President Netanyahu, I commended him for the decision to bring the current hostilities to a close within less than 11 days. I also emphasize what I've said throughout this conflict. The United States fully supports Israel's right to defend itself against indiscriminate rocket attacks from Hamas and other Gaza-based terrorist groups that have taken the lives of innocent civilians in Israel. Now, there's something that Joe Biden did not mention in his speech, and that, of course, is the vast wave of anti-Semitic attacks that's now hitting American cities. It's hit European cities as well. There's a 250% increase in anti-Semitic incidents in the UK in the middle of the Gaza war. This has happened during many of the conflicts that have happened in the Middle East. Very often people who say, well, it's, it's just, just anti-Zionism, it's just anti-Israel activity. It's not about the Jews. Weird. Why are you attacking that random Jew in London? Very, very strange. And same people who say, well, if Israel went away, there would be less anti-Semitism or meanwhile beating a Jew. Like, good, good, good idea, guys. Like, really, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Biden didn't mention this because the left has a perverse perspective on anti-Semitism, which is that anti-Semitism only matters when the person committing the anti-Semitism is a white supremacist. When it turns out that anti-Semitism is a mainstream part of an increasingly mainstream segment of the international left, then anti-Semitism has to be ignored. In other words, when anti-Semitism is part of a political program, a broader political program to, for example, end the Jewish state or part of a broader political program to set up Jews who are disproportionately well-educated and successful in Western societies as sort of the evil at the top of the intersectional hierarchy, as, as beneficiaries of a system that needs to be brought down, then anti-Semitism gets ignored, which of course is why the Democratic Party just last year decided that they were not going to bother censoring uh, or censuring rather Ilhan Omar for her blatant anti-Semitism. Instead, they decided that they were going to pass some sort of broad resolution condemning all bad things on planet Earth. Because the reality is that the left cannot acknowledge anti-Semitism when it comes from the left. Instead, they have to pretend that it just doesn't exist. And so, as we'll see, there have been a bevy of anti-Semitic attacks in the United States over the course of the last week. It is not a coincidence that it is happening in the middle of this conflict with Israel because the same people, again, these people are siding with Hamas, okay? Hamas is a terrorist group. This is not about a border conflict. Hamas openly states it wants Israel completely destroyed, which means a genocide of the Jews. Today, the front page of the New York Times website has zero articles about the uptick in anti-Semitic crime. The Washington Post, its front page today online, has zero stories about anti-Semitism across the nation. Both ran op-eds talking about why it would be necessary for Israel to stop existing. That is not a coincidence. 
Anti-Semitism is part and parcel of the broader international left agenda at this point, and that agenda is to tear down any vestiges and systems that they believe are, are implicit in the West. And Israel is just part of that. Right? The, the, the international left hates Israel because they really don't like the, the traditional systems of the West, not the other way around. In just one second, we'll get to the anti-Semitic attacks that have been happening in New York. Uh, we already saw they're happening in Los Angeles. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact, and that is that if you're a responsible person, you need life insurance. You need to make sure that your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, something should happen to you. Policy Genius makes it super simple to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save 1300 bucks or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so you can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Getting started is super simple. First, you head on over to policygenius.com Shapiro. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you are ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice and super important to get it right. Get the life insurance that you need at policygenius.com slash Shapiro right now. Okay, so before we get into these anti-Semitic incidents, a quick primer on when anti-Semitism is coincident with anti-Israel sentiment. Hey, so you can disagree with Israeli policy. I often disagree with Israeli policy. I, for example think that Israel never should have pulled out of the Gaza Strip in 2005. I think handing it over to Hamas was a terrible decision. I think Israel never should have engaged in the Oslo process with a terrorist group known as the Palestine Liberation Organization. Right? That doesn't make me anti-Semitic. And people on the other side who believe that Israel should make more concessions, that doesn't, doesn't mean that you are anti-Semitic. There are a few key indicators as to when anti-Israel sentiment bleeds over into anti-Semitism. One, if you're siding with an active terrorist group that is firing indiscriminately rockets at civilians while shielding its own weaponry with children, it's very hard to come up with an alternative explanation for why you think that is okay other than you don't like Jews. If you're treating the Jewish state in a way you would treat no other state, if there's a double standard, okay, and this isn't my standard, this is the State Department standard for anti-Semitism. If you treat the Jewish state in a way different than you would treat any other state, it's an indicator of anti-Semitism. Okay, so those are a couple indicators of when anti-Israel sentiment bleeds over into anti-Semitism. And by the way, if you wish to see the full-scale destruction of the state of Israel, you don't wish to see the destruction of any other state on planet Earth. Right? You don't wish to see the destruction of any Islamic regime. There are over 50, 50 of them, like 57, 58 members of the Organization of Islamic Countries, explicitly Islamic, full-on apartheid states for people of other religions. You don't care about that. You don't care about the 100-plus countries that are Christian in orientation. All you care about is the one Jewish state that looks an awful lot like an anti-Semitic double standard. And well, the left has embraced that anti-Semitic double standard because the left sees Israel as a repository of colonialism in the region, which has to ignore all of human history. There have been Jews in this region since 1000 BCE. Jewish presence in the Holy Land predates the existence of Islam by some 1600 years minimum. The first and second temples were built hundreds of years before Islam even existed. And so the notion that this is some sort of colonialist outpost of Western civilization is a particularly bizarre one, considering how Jews were often treated throughout Europe and throughout Russia and throughout every other place throughout human history. Okay, the, the notion that the Jews were sort of like put there by the Europeans in order to bother the Arabs is insane, especially considering the fact 
that British mandate Palestine attempted explicitly to bar Jews from buying land for decades on end and restricted Jewish immigration in a way that it never restricted Arab immigration, including restricting Jewish immigration from Europe during World War II as Jews were being sent to the gas chambers in Europe and post-World War II in order to placate the, the local Arab population. And so you have to just ignore all of history to come to the conclusion that this is a colonialist settler outpost. Okay, but that is exactly what the left wants to say because this all fits into a broader left-wing worldview. The broader left-wing worldview is that anyone who is successful in a Western system is successful because they have somehow victimized the other. Right? It's the same thing that you see in America with regards to critical race theory, that inequality of outcome is evidence of discrimination. Same thing when it comes to global politics. If Israel is very successful and the Palestinians are not particularly successful, that is not because the Palestinian leadership are a bunch of terrorists who have misdirected all funding toward terrorism and destroyed property rights and made it impossible for people to start businesses and crack down on dissent and have destroyed democracy and actually live in a one-party apartheid state. No, it's not because of any of that. It must be because there's this other group that's very successful right next to them. Despite the fact that that other group, 20% of its population is Arab. They're Arabs who sit in the Knesset. It's a very large party, the Iran party. They're Arabs who sit on the Supreme Court. All of this is perfectly obvious. So if you ignore all of that just because you don't like Israel, at that point, you have to start looking at the possibility that anti-Semitism lies behind this. Okay, and again, that is why it is no coincidence that you're seeing Palestinian anti-Semitism on the streets of the United States and you are seeing people on the left look the other way. This is not being covered in the mainstream media in much the same way that the mainstream media really didn't want to cover anti-Asian violence in the United States until there was that mass shooting by somebody they could label a white supremacist in Atlanta. Right? When that happened, then they could talk about anti-Asian violence and they could pass an anti-Asian hate crime bill, but they will not pass an anti-Semitic hate crime crackdown bill. They certainly won't do that because the people who are largely promulgating anti-Semitism in the United States these days are on the political left and that is being mainstreamed into the political left. So here are some videos. These are from New York over the last 48 hours. By the way, Palestinian protesters are specifically attempting to set up protests in Jewish areas all around the country. The reason they're doing that, of course, is because they believe that these are pro-Israel centers. And so they have to get in the face of every Jew in order to in order to demonstrate something. I'm not sure what it is they think they're demonstrating. Okay, this one was really bad. Yesterday, there were some, some I mean, this, this is an act of terrorism. I mean, somebody went and took a, a small Molotov cocktail and they took it down to the Diamond District in New York. And they, they threw like an actual explosive in the Diamond District. Okay, then they went to a restaurant, these Palestinian activists, and by activists, I mean criminals. They went to, because there are activists and there are criminals. If you go to a, if you go to a restaurant and you start spitting on people, you start spitting on Jewish diners, you're a criminal. It's assault. You had Palestinian activists who were riding down the street shouting, F the Jews. It's good times in, uh, good times in New York over there. Uh, there is a, a full-on brawl that broke out when Palestinian activists decided that they were going to attack uh, Jewish activists. There were Jewish activists holding Israeli flags. Palestinian activists went and grabbed the flag away from them and then started to uh, beat up the Jews. Uh, there are a couple of, uh, this is in Times Square, so this is just wonderful stuff. By the way, where are the cops in all this? Like, seriously, where, where are the police? And we've seen this in Los Angeles. We saw in Los Angeles that there are Jews who are eating outside at a sushi restaurant on La Cienega Boulevard, and Palestinian activists slash criminals decided that they were going to stop, try to shout at the Jews, get out of their car, and then go and beat up the Jews. We saw a Jew being chased down by a couple of, of trucks with giant Palestinian flags on the back. All this stuff is happening. And the media just have no interest in covering the actual crimes. You'll see an occasional story about Eric Garcetti in LA, for example, condemning the hate crimes. 
Nothing yet from Bill de Blasio, so far as I'm aware. Nothing from Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. Nothing from Chuck Schumer, the Jewish senator from New York. Nothing, in fact, from anybody in the Democratic Party hierarchy. Why? The answer is because if they recognize that perhaps the people who are siding with Hamas very often are driven, well, not very often. If you side with Hamas, not just you don't like some things Israel's doing, you side with Hamas, this means you're an anti-Semite. There's just no way to read you siding with an actual overt evil terrorist group as anything other than you hate the people that the terrorists are attempting to kill. Okay, and, and, and this has mainstreamed itself into, the, into media. So there's open anti-Semitism and it exists largely at the, at the highest echelons of, of the Islamic world, and particularly in, in Islamically governed countries like Pakistan. There was a, a Pakistani foreign minister who just went on CNN and frankly, good for the CNN host here. The CNN host called him on it, but the Pakistani foreign minister literally went on national television and said the Jews run the media, which is, which is pretty wild. We'll get to that in just one second. But MSNBC is busily actually promulgating the anti-Semitism, just like members of the Democratic Party are promulgating the anti-Semitism, just like the Washington Post is promulgating the anti-Semitism. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody in the Democratic Party higher echelon is an anti-Semite. It just means they're winking and nodding at it. I mean, Joe Biden, anytime, could say something about Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Instead, Joe Biden, who was fairly tolerant of Israel performing its duty to defend its citizens, he was out there praising Rashida Tlaib while Rashida Tlaib was being an open anti-Semite supporting actual acts of terrorism. Okay, in just one second, we are going to get to more of this. First, let's talk about the fact that big tech would love to cancel your right to free speech, or at the very least restrict it. And then they make money off of you. The way that they do this is they gather all the data they can about you, and then they sell that to third parties. They track your searches, your video history, everything you click on, and then they sell your valuable data to third parties. And when you use ExpressVPN, you can stop all of this. Your device's IP address gets masked. This helps anonymize your online activity, making it much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from cyber criminals and hackers. What I love most about ExpressVPN, it does all of these things with just one tap of a button. It could not be simpler to use. You just fire up the app on any of your devices, you hit connect, and now you are protected. It's time to say no to censorship and take back your online privacy at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Visit my link. You'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben to protect your data today. EXPRESSVPN.com slash Ben to protect your data today. Again, you don't want to give big tech the keys to the car. Instead, protect your data the way that I do. Use expressvpn.com slash Ben. When you visit that link, you get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Alrighty, so the, the anti-Semitism that exists all over the world, is now being mainstreamed by, for example, MSNBC. So we'll get to actually CNN doing the right thing here as, as a change. I mean, this is really kind of a shocking change. The Pakistani foreign minister was on CNN and just started spewing random anti-Semitic nonsense. But as you will see, the position that this guy takes is actually a fairly commonly held position on the, on the American left, unfortunately. Israel is losing out. They're losing the media war despite their connections. They are losing the media war. The tide their, is turning. What are their connections? <laughs> Deep pockets. What does that mean? Well, they're very influential people. I mean, they control media. I mean, I would call that an anti-Semitic remark. Well, you see, the point is, uh, they have a lot of influence. Bianca Galadraga actually doing what an anchor there is supposed to do. Uh, that is the foreign minister of Pakistan. Okay, it's a high-ranking official in a foreign government talking about how the Jews control the media. Okay, now this sort of stuff, unfortunately, is fairly well spoken of in 
elite liberal circles. I mean, the fact is that this has been a, a commonly held and pervasive myth on the left for a very long time, including by people who actually serve inside the Biden administration. Robert Malley used to make comments like this about how the American media was controlled by the Israeli lobby and all, all the rest of this. Okay, but MSNBC actually just mainstreams this. So what you've seen, there, there are two articles in the last two days, one in the New York Times and one in the Washington Post explicitly talking about how the two-state solution was done. Now, why is the two-state solution done? According to them, the two-state solution is done not because terrorist groups run the West Bank and run the Gaza Strip and have explicitly refused to acknowledge the, the right of the state of Israel to exist. No, it's not because of that. It's because what you really need is a one-state one solution between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea whereby Arabs swamp the Jewish population and they turn it into another Islamic state. There's an actual article in the Washington Post today about this by Ishan Tharoor suggesting that this is the wave of the future. There's another article in the Washington Post talking up Rashida Tlaib, the open anti-Semite. It's, it's, a, it's a piece by Michael Cranish titled Eight Minutes with the President. Representative Rashida Tlaib, the lone Palestinian American in Congress, gains relevance in Israel debate. Well, she's gaining relevance because you guys keep giving her relevance and because the Democratic Party refuses to quash its own anti-Semitism. Ilhan Omar is not shy about her anti-Semitism. Rashida Tlaib is not shy about her anti-Semitism. And Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, when you back Hamas and when you attack Israel's in apartheid state at the same time that you are supporting a one-party terror state in the Gaza Strip, and when you hang out with Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and back all of their plays, when you attempt to block military aid to an American ally in a time when they're under consistent rocket fire, when you hang out with Jeremy Corbyn, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. You are now in the anti-Semitic category. You have now exited the point where you, are, where you are just an ignoramus and you have entered the anti-Semitic category, which is true of Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. It's true of Cori Bush. It's true of the squad. The squad has decided to engage full-scale in anti-Semitism by the State Department definition, treating Israel with double standard, demonizing Israel, treating Jews as extensions of Israel. Right? This, all of this sort of stuff is stuff that is routinely done by the squad and the media as well. Right? MSNBC hosted the sponsor of Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions yesterday. Okay, that's, that's Omar Barghouti. Omar Barghouti is like an open anti-Semite. He, he, he has explicitly stated that boycott, divest, and sanctions of Israel, which is an attempt to get everybody to stop doing business with the state of Israel. He's explicitly said that his goal is the destruction of the state of Israel. Here he was being touted on MSNBC yesterday. The United States government is complicit through its military funding, uh, academic institutions, cultural institutions, uh, funds, uh, uh, investment funds are, are also complicit when they invest in companies that are enabling the occupation, the house demolition, and so on. So we're calling for ending complicity so that Palestinians can achieve our rights under international law and nothing beyond that, and end to the occupation, end to apartheid, and the rights of refugees. Okay, okay. when he says the rights of refugees, what he means is that every Palestinian should be allowed into Israel to be a citizen of Israel, despite the fact that they explicitly say they want to destroy the state of Israel. This is the equivalent of during the Cold War, the, United, the left in the United States saying we should give citizenship to every member of the International Communist Party in order to come to the United States so they can vote to get rid of the United States. Everybody understands this. There has never been in human history a quote unquote right of return to a foreign state. That is not a thing without the permission of the state involved. That, is, that has never been a thing. In any case, the, the BDS co-founder then went on and called Israel an apartheid state and praised AOC in the process. Okay, and, and this guy's been not shy about what his actual goals are. I'll play his goals in a second, Omar Barghouti. Now they realize Israel is an apartheid state. That was an absolute taboo just a year ago. Today, how many members of Congress are saying Israel is an apartheid state? How many members of Congress are calling for conditioning aid to Israel or cutting military funding to Israel altogether? 
Cori Bush, for example, Congresswoman Cori Bush, connected uh, Palestinian liberation with the Black Lives Matter movement, saying that let's not send any military funding to an apartheid regime. We must be anti-apartheid, period, she said. Uh, AOC said apartheid is no democracy. So those voices are rising. Okay, those vo- he's right. Those voices are rising in complicit, in complicity with actual anti-Semites like Omar Barghouti. He has explicitly said that his entire movement is designed at destroying the state of Israel, at destroying the Jewish state. This is, this is the last year. This is May of last year. He's going to be speaking in Arabic, and I'll read you the translation. It says, if the refugees return to their homes in Israel, as the BDS movement calls for, what will be left of the Zionist regime? There won't be any Zionist state like the one we are talking about, present-day Israel. And the Palestinian minority will become a Palestinian majority in the state that today is called Israel. Because he's openly, like, he openly acknowledges what his goals are. And everyone knows this. And MSNBC is pushing it. And AOC is pushing it. And Ilhan Omar is pushing it. And Rashida Tlaib is pushing it. And the Washington Post is pushing it. And where is the higher echelon of the Democratic Party? If you think this is unrelated to tolerance for anti-Semitic incidents on the streets of New York, you're out of your mind. Of course it is. Of course it is. The tolerance for anti-Semitic incidents is tied to the fact that the people who are participating in the anti-Semitism are supporters of some of the biggest Democrats in Congress. They're people who ideologically hold the same positions as Democrats in Congress in the same way that for a year and a half, Democrats decided they would completely overlook and or cheer on rioting and looting because those people agreed with them on fundamental principles. And sure, they might go a little bit too far and they might not love it, but let's acknowledge that they have a point. This is the same reason why they're completely ignoring the anti-Semitic attacks that are happening in New York. I mean, Bernie Sanders, who is, when people say that Bernie Sanders is a Jew, he is ethnically Jewish and he has no relationship with Judaism. None. Okay, he is he is not a Jew by culture. He is not a Jew by belief. He is not a Jew in any sense other than ethnic Judaism. In the same way that if you are born into a Catholic family, perhaps you are ethnically Catholic, if that were if that were a thing. And then if you don't practice Catholicism, in fact, if you spend all your life attempting to rip down Catholicism, it would be very difficult to call you a Catholic. Same sort of thing with Bernie Sanders. He's not a religious Jew. He is not a political like he is not oriented toward Judaism or or toward the state of Israel in any political way which is the Democratic Party uses him as cover. The radical Democrats use him as cover. He's been radically anti-Israel his entire career. So he and AOC moved to block a private weapons sale to Israel in the middle of all of this. That, of course, is no shock. The, the House Democrats just voted down yesterday a rearmament, an ability to rearm the Iron Dome, which is a purely defensive technology. Yesterday, House Democrats voted 218 to 209 to reject a security funding amendment offered by Representative Tony Gonzalez of Texas, the measure would have paved the way for Israel to receive a tranche of emergency dollars specifically for missile defense. And the Democrats voted that down. So don't pretend that the Democratic Party isn't complicit in the, in the anti-Israel move. Like good for Joe Biden for holding out as long as he did against these folks. But when is he going to speak up against the anti-Semitism inside his own party? Rashida Tlaib is busily tweeting, if my colleagues even mention Palestinians deserving human rights, they are aggressively bullied by those who prefer Israel as it is, apartheid, oppression, occupation, and all. My message to you is all of this, to you all is this. Do not be afraid to stand for justice. The American people are with us. The American people are absolutely not with you by any poll statistic. But the Democrats are too afraid of people like Rashida Tlaib because she is intersectional. She then quotes Peter Beinart, who is Hamas's favorite commentator and who also believes that Israel should essentially be destroyed. He says, the reason the American debate over Israel-Palestine could shift dramatically and quickly is that many Democratic politicians don't need to be convinced that what Israel is doing is wrong. 
They just need to be convinced that they can say so without hurting their careers. I don't think that Beinart is completely wrong about this. I think that Beinart recognizes that the Democratic Party has moved in a radically anti-Israel direction, the same way that Peter Beinart has moved in a radically anti-Israel direction, and that has consequences. I'm old enough to remember when Democrats suggested that anti-Semitic attacks against Jews were driven by Trump's unmoored rhetoric with regard to white supremacy or something. They blamed the tree of life shooting on Donald Trump. They get a wide spate of anti-Semitic attacks. It has nothing to do with the Democrats in New York explicitly talking about the evils of Israel, how it's an apartheid state and how Israel does not have the duty to defend itself and siding with an actual terrorist group. You have the Democratic Party at the highest echelons refusing to condemn the anti-Semites in their own ranks and it has no impact at all. You're gonna have to explain that one. Okay, bottom line is anti-Semitism from the left is fine according to the left. End of story. It is completely fine. And they'll just push full-on anti-Semitism in the media, including up to and including full-on pieces calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. When people say one-state solution, understand that what they are calling for is the destruction of the state of Israel in the way that they are articulating this. And you have top Democrats, of course, trying to actually block Israel from being able to defend its own citizens. Remember, every anti-missile missile that is fired by the Iron Dome costs about $100,000. These are smart weapons. Every rocket that is fired by Hamas costs less than $1,000. They are very cheap to put together. They are dummy weapons that are being just sent in randomly to kill as many civilians as possible. So it's much more expensive to arm Iron Dome than it is to build a dummy rocket. And, and yet, in the middle of this, the Democrats are trying to cut funding. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Okay, in just one second, we are going to get to CNN blowing out its own credibility once more. First, let us talk about your sleep quality. Let's talk about the fact that for me, I've got my kids waking me up at all hours. When I am on my mattress, I need to be sleeping. I can't be tossing and turning. I can't be uncomfortable. I need a mattress made just for me. And Helix Sleep made that happen just for me. My wife and I took their two-minute sleep quiz. They sent us a mattress that is personalized for us. Everybody is unique. Helix Sleep knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz. They send you the mattress. And then you just unbox it and it inflates right in front of you. You pop it on bed frame. You are good to go. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash Ben. 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. Alrighty. Meanwhile, CNN just disgraced itself once again. According to the Washington Post, Chris Cuomo took part in strategy calls advising his brother. This is not a shock in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's pretty obvious this is going to happen. The only thing that's humiliating about this for CNN is that Chris Cuomo got caught. And the fact is that Jeff Zucker was on the phone with like Donald Trump during the 2016 campaign. Members of the media are constantly strategizing with other members of the Democratic Party because the media is an entirely Democratic-run operation at this point. There is a reason why AP and Hamas are, are in the same building. AP does propaganda work for Hamas in the Gaza Strip. The, the, the notion that the media does not have very cozy relationships with the people that it covers is just insane, which, of course, is why the entire media is out in defense of Chris Cuomo today, despite the fact it should be a pretty humiliating headline. According to the Washington Post, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo advised his brother, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and senior members of the governor's staff on how to respond to sexual harassment allegations made earlier this year by women who had worked with the governor, according to four people familiar with the discussions. Cuomo, one of the network's top stars, 
joined a series of conference calls that included the Democratic governor, his top aide, his communications team, lawyers, and a number of outside advisors, according to people familiar with the conversations. The cable news anchor encouraged his brother to take a defiant position and not to resign. At one point, he used the phrase cancel culture as a reason to hold firm in the face of the allegations. In a statement, CNN acknowledged that Chris Cuomo took part in the strategy sessions, saying his involvement was a mistake. It said Chris has not been involved in CNN's extensive coverage of the allegations against Governor Cuomo on air or behind the scenes, in part because, as he has said on the show, he could never be objective, but also because he often serves as a sounding board for his brother. Well, weird, because he covered him for a year on COVID while he was covering up nursing home deaths, while he was lying to the public. He was covering his own brother on the air for a year. The statement says it was inappropriate to engage in conversations that included members of the governor's staff, which Chris acknowledges. He will not participate in such conversations going forward. The anchor said he was walled off from coverage of the governor without mentioning the special dispensation he received from CNN to feature him on his show during the pandemic. The episode illuminates how the Cuomo brothers, who are 13 years apart in age, have benefited from their respective high perches in politics and media. Shocker. Early in the COVID pandemic, a top Department of Health doctor was dispatched to the Hamptons to test Chris Cuomo and his family, the Washington Post had previously reported. Former and current administration officials said the anchor played an active role early in the governor's coronavirus strategy. Because he was strategizing with Cuomo on COVID and then covering him on CNN. This is not a shock. The brothers sometimes fish together in the waters off Long Island. Okay, I, I can't avoid it. He's not Fredo, guys. He's not Fredo. Remember, if you say that Chris Cuomo is the dumber younger brother, he's smart. Not like everyone says, not like dumb, like smart. And he wants respect. He's not Fredo, because apparently, according to Chris Cuomo, if you say that he is like Fredo, like the stupider younger brother who's being dragged around based on the family name, if you say that, then obviously that is like, he said that was like the N word for some reason, which is weird because the Godfather is like about an Italian crime family. And um, I really don't think that the ethnicity of the Cuomos has much to do with the Fredo reference. It's one of the most iconic references to a dumb younger brother, a dumb older brother actually in the history of cinema. But in any case, the, the governor only trusts about five people, one advisor with knowledge of the strategy session said. So that's why Chris is on these calls. Oh, Inside CNN on Thursday, several employees described a sense of unease about the role Cuomo played in advising his brother, with one calling his decision to do so really upsetting. Well, I mean, if you're upset. Another person said that in a political climate in which CNN journalists come under intense scrutiny, having one of their own offering advice to a major Democratic figure felt like a self-inflicted wound. This was, yes, it is. We were saying this the entire time. You had him on national TV joking about, does mom love you best? Doing a Smothers Brothers routine. He's got giant Q-tip. Because he got a big nose. Hey, now, just a couple of flashbacks here. So first of all, Cuomo has now apologized. And so he went on air last night. He, he apologized for this. Uh-huh. I believe him. I can be objective about just about any topic, but not about my family. Those of you who watch this show get it. Like you, I bet. My family means everything to me. And I am fiercely loyal to them. I'm family first, job second. I understand why that was a problem for CNN. It will not happen again. It was a mistake because I put my colleagues here who I believe are the best in the business in a bad spot. I never intended for that. I would never intend for that. And I am sorry for that. Okay, so here's the thing. It's the most obvious conflict of interest in media history, right? I mean, his, his own brother, he's advising him on COVID and then he's covering him on air doing joking routines about how he's the best governor in America and how there are homosexuals and, and such, right? You remember this. 
Okay, it was perfectly obvious this was a conflict. Why did it never occur to Chris Cuomo that it was a conflict? Why did it never occur to the CNN higher-ups that this was inappropriate? And the answer is because they all have the same relationship with the Democrats that Chris has with his brother. That's the answer. These people have the same relationship with the Biden administration and had with the Obama team as Chris has with his brother. When it comes to the media, blood is only slightly thicker than the water that passes between the, the media and their Democratic sponsors. Okay, the reality is that the anchors on CNN are constantly advising people in the Democratic hierarchy about what they think they should do. Now, listen, I'm a politically biased observer. I talk with Republicans. I advise some Republicans. I'll tell you when I've talked with a Republican and advised a Republican, but you know my political bona fides out front. I am not hiding them. The difference is that CNN pretends it's objective. CNN pretends that they are not lying to you. CNN pretends that they are not biased in any way, that they are somehow a higher level of news. They're only embarrassed they got caught. And they did get caught, right? Flashback to Chris Cuomo, not all that long ago, saying, yeah, it's kind of unusual that, that I cover my brother, but it's just something we have to do. Me having you on the show is an unusual thing. We've never really done it, uh, but this was an unusual time. And there were unusual needs. And you stepped up in an unusual way that really was created by a vacuum of power on the federal level. And you're not the only one. There were other governors. You've been very good and collaborative with Hogan down in Maryland and Whitmer and DeWine and the ones up in the Northeast region. Um, but these unusual times have uh, demonstrated some unusual characteristics in people. I'm sorry. So he was openly admitting the conflict of interest way back when. But then as soon as it was sexual harassment, he's like, oh, well, I can't cover it. He's my brother. We all noted the idiocy of this at the time. Obviously, I'm aware of what's going on with my brother. And obviously, I cannot cover it because he is my brother. Now, of course, CNN has to cover it. They have covered it extensively, and they will continue to do so. I have always cared very deeply about these issues, and profoundly so. I just wanted to tell you that. There's a lot of news going on that matters also. So let's get after that. Okay, this is, it's ridiculous, but it is CNN in a nutshell. This is CNN. This is CNN. An apple is an apple, a banana is a banana. And these reporters cover people that they love and advise on a regular basis. And Chris Cuomo just got caught. That's all. But we, it, was, it was in plain sight. There was nothing to catch. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the continued cozy relationship between the media and the Democrats, who are basically their sponsors. They're, they're just their clients. We'll get to that in one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you are going to make your business better, one tool that you may be leaving on the table is the tool of texting. Podium is a messaging platform to power your business. It helps you reach your customers wherever they are. Business messaging with Podium helps you gain reviews, collect payments, communicate with customers, and capture leads, all from a single inbox. Podium will help you adapt to the changing customer expectations. When I find out a business can text, I'm going to use that business. It's more convenient for me. If I get a cold call, I am never, ever going to respond to the cold call. If I get an email, it's rare that I will respond. If I get a text from business telling me about an appointment, telling me about a deal, much better chance that I'm actually going to take a look at the text. This is why Podium makes your business more successful. RPM Alamo increased business by 20%. The owner of RPM Alamo said, we've generated more revenue, decreased vacancy rates, pulled in more leads than we could have in multiple years. This is priceless. Find out how Podium can help your business reach more customers. It is a growth period, or should be, in the American economy. Now's a great time to get your marketing straight with Podium. Get started free today at podium.com slash Shapiro. That is podium.com slash Shapiro. And get in on the texting revolution. All right, we're going to get to more of the media's pathetic uh, coziness with the Democrats they cover. First, 
If you've noticed that the list of words you're allowed to say is shrinking, that's because the list is shrinking and that is not a good thing, which is why Michael Moles has a new book. It's called Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. This book actually has words in it, which I'm very impressed that, that Knowles actually wrote words in, in his book. And actually, I've read the book and it's really good. Head on over to speechlessbook.com to pre-order your copy today. Or if you want an extra personal touch, text speechless to 53445 and pre-order a signed copy. Don't wait. Pre-order your copy today. Understand the PC police better than they understand themselves. This Sunday, we also have a new episode of the Sunday special. I've got a very interesting guest, David Horowitz. He began his journey into politics as a self-identified Marxist. He will be sitting across from me now as a conservative activist and founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Full disclosure, I used to work for David over at the Freedom Center. It's a really interesting interview. It's, uh, it, it goes all the way back into time, why he was on the left, what he saw on the left, and how the left has become so successful. Here's a sneak peek. The left is very intimidating. They've got 61% of Democrats believing that all Republicans are racists. That's, and, and as I say, Republicans are firing back by calling them liberals or saying they're playing with politics. They're not playing people. So check it out this Sunday, dailywire.com or on my YouTube channel, Ben Shapiro. Daily Wire members get access to special bonus content from Sunday special episodes so don't miss out. Join Daily Wire today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Hey, the cozy relationship between Chris Cuomo and his brother Andrew is no different. It's just a difference of degree, not a difference of kind, between how the media normally treat the Democratic Party. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of members of the media who immediately jumped right back into the Biden administration after having been in the Obama administration, been hired by CNN, and then go right back into the Biden administration. You think they didn't talk with members of the Democratic Party all that time? I mean, CNN Global Affairs Analyst Anthony Blinken is now the Secretary of State. Barbara McQuaid was an MSNBC columnist NBC News and MSNBC legal analyst, and then was tapped for Joe Biden's legal review team. Richard Stengel was an MSNBC political analyst. They used him as a foreign affairs reporter, Richard Stengel, rather. He's the Biden-Harris transition team's lead official for the U.S. Agency for Global Media. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, the financial experts said we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The United States right now is in the hole by $34 trillion. But we're going to keep spending. We're going to keep printing, and that's going to keep pushing up those prices. So you can bury your head in the sand, or you can do something about it. Diversification, always a smart financial strategy. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get it from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you as well. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, diversification, always a smart strategy. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. There's so many members of the media who have been tapped as possibilities for the Biden administration. In fact, you know, the, the reality is that the media are just an extension of the Democratic Party, which is part of the problem. There's a poll out today, and it shows that a, a huge number of Americans do not trust the media. And my answer is, who does at this point? Why would you? What exactly are the statistics that would, that would lead you to believe that the media are trustworthy? They simply are not. And yet we are told every day that the people who are the most trustworthy are members of the establishment media. By the way, is Chris Cuomo going to lose his job? No. Chris Cuomo is going to lose anything. In fact, as even the Washington Post notes, there is literally nothing facing Chris Cuomo at this point. 
Says Eric Wemple, writing for the Washington Post, the CNN issued a statement defending Cuomo. Quote, the early months of the pandemic crisis were an extraordinary time. We felt that Chris speaking with his brother about the challenges of what millions of American families were struggling with was of significant human interest. As a result, we made an exception to a rule we've had in place since 2013, which prevents Chris from interviewing and covering his brother. And that rule remains in place today. According to Eric Wemple, the reason Chris Cuomo now acknowledges it was inappropriate to advise his brother in strategy sessions is because he got caught. He gets no credit for acknowledging his transgression. How are we to trust the pledge not to backslide? And that, of course, is exactly correct. And so you wonder why we can't have a common set of facts? The reason is because very often the facts are just not reported. You can't have a common set of facts when people on one side refuse to acknowledge that the facts even exist. We cover on this show all the time facts that do not tend to support Republicans and do not help Republicans. We covered extensively January 6th and the lead up to January 6th. We covered extensively the allegations of voter fraud and voter irregularities. And I said over and over that I wasn't seeing the evidence that was being suggested by the Trump campaign. We cover, we cover news that, that cuts in all directions, and then we comment on that news. But there are two types of media bias. One is how you cover the news, and the other is what you don't cover. And the fact is, the media have just decided that they don't wish to cover news they don't wish to cover, which is why you don't see any headlines over at the New York Times or Washington Post on an uptick in anti-Semitic incidents. It's why you don't see the New York Times or Washington Post cover anti-Asian hate until it turns out there's an actual anti supposedly targeted anti-Asian violence attack, supposedly, because it's not racially motivated so far as we are aware based on the evidence, but this anti-Asian attack in Atlanta, no comment on the amount of anti-Asian hate implicit in democratic policy with regard to, for example, campus issues and barring Asians from higher education. The media just ignores stuff. Why? Well, because the media and the Democratic Party are one and the same. The secret is that is not Chris Cuomo is not Fredo. Right? Chris Cuomo is not the dumb older brother who, who just wants respect. The entire media are Fredo. The entire media are, are members of the political establishment who are jealous of their elected brothers and wish to be of aid to them sometimes and wish to make a buck off of the, off the family name. Chris Cuomo is just the entire media writ small. That's all. And once you recognize this, you can recognize the agenda in pretty much everything they do. And you shouldn't take them seriously. And if you do take them seriously, at the very least, you ought to get some countervailing points of view. I'll just note that CNN was rated by the pathetically stupid organization NewsGuard, which is supposed to be the guardian of objective journalism. They're rated an eight out of 10 in terms of objectivity, daily, uh, in terms of, of trustworthiness. Daily Wire was rated a three. That's not because CNN is more trustworthy. It's because CNN is less trustworthy. It's because CNN lies about what they are, just like the establishment media lie about what they are on a regular basis. We will tell you the truth about what we are, and then you get to make up your mind. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. Head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. 
The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.